All right, we are in John chapter 14, verses 27 to 31. We're going to study the peace of Jesus Christ, an enormous subject, an important subject uh, that really, again, separates us from the world. This is what the world does not have, that you have. And so Jesus is leaving a legacy now to his disciples, to his followers, as he's leaving the scene He's giving them this great gift, um, and beginning in verse 27, peace, I leave with you my peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Um, You heard me say I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if any of you listen to Fox News. I'm sure every one of you does. Um, and, And Sean Hannity has that as a line in his program, doesn't he? Uh, um, Let not your hearts be troubled, right? He always says that. And I'm not knocking Sean Hannity. I think he's a good person. But those are cheap words, unless you have Jesus Christ. Because I could tell you all day long, don't let your heart be troubled, be at peace. But without the abiding presence of Jesus Christ, that's mere words. I can't go into a hospital room or somebody that's dying or somebody that's failing, you know, going through all kinds of trouble and say, don't worry, it'll all work out for good. Well, where are you getting this from? You're making it up. It's all words. But you see, when you have Jesus Christ and Jesus says, I give you my peace. Wow. I give you my peace, the peace of God, this personal peace. What What a statement. From the time that Jesus came to this world, when he was born in the manger, His peace was a paramount issue. Turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. And here's where you have the world not understanding this. You will come come up against Christians who will say this to you. Jesus can't be God. Jesus can't be God. Because, uh, look, when he came to this world, they said there would be peace on earth. There's no peace on earth. If he truly were God, there would be peace on earth. Well, let's take a look at what the angels said about the birth of Jesus. Uh, Verse 14 in in Luke chapter 2. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Underline that last section. Not to the world, not to everybody, Not to a universal position throughout this world, but to those men on whom the spirit of Jesus Christ resides. And that's the nature of what we're going to study today. And so this section of scripture introduces us to an entirely different subject, a new subject. It is the first mention now in the discourse of Jesus during this section of of, uh, scripture, the final discourses, where Jesus begins to talk about peace. His peace, a personal peace. And this peace is a natural result of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And if you take a look um, at Galatians chapter 5, 
Let's take a, a quick look there. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Number three on, on the list. Three, peace. Meaning that when the Holy Spirit seals you, when you've accepted Jesus Christ, one of those fruits that, that come to you um, is the peace of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you are saving, saying right now, well, I believed in Jesus, but I, I find myself still in turmoil. Well, if you find yourself in turmoil, that means you really haven't submitted to God, all right? Turned your life over to God. It's like you're saying to God, look, God, I know that you're good on these kind of things, but this is my kind of a thing here. You know, it's a business issue or it's a finance issue or it's a relationship issue. You're going to have to learn to turn it all over to Jesus. It's when you turn everything over to Jesus and you submit to him that the overwhelming peace comes into your life. Uh, and so uh, it, it's this important to understand. And this continues in verse 27 where Jesus says, Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, it's amazing when you realize who he's talking to and what the context is of this presentation. The disciples are coming apart. Uh, everything that they stood for for the last three years is now effectively being demolished. Their leader, the man who they believed who would be the Messiah, is about to go to the cross and be executed. Uh, and they cannot believe that this entire world is, is, is being destroyed. And so even as Jesus is speaking to them, they have a hard time hearing and concentrating. Uh, and so Jesus is telling them that as he leaves, he's giving them this legacy of peace, that it will be with them forever, that he is not leaving them without comfort, that the comforter himself will come, and he is leaving peace behind. And this is an important message for you today. There's not a person in this group that doesn't earnestly need the peace of Jesus Christ. Not, and not one of you, and especially as we get older and we, and we go to the doctors and, uh, and we get all these diagnoses that come back and things are going wrong with our bodies and, and even our families are coming apart in some ways uh, and our finances are being tested. It's, it's the only way that you can survive in this world is to abide in the peace of Jesus Christ. You can't live any other way. You can't possibly live any other way. It's only when you come to terms with that that you understand that. Now, the beautiful nature of the, of the peace that Christ bequeaths us, because when we notice the circumstances, I mean, he, he's not telling people that don't have problems. He's making the promise to the people who are really filled with turmoil and despair. Filled with turmoil and despair. Uh, on the verge of a violent execution. Uh, and so what a, what a tremendous message this is, that in a, in a world in which violence and evil resounds, that our Savior, our God, gives us this peace to say to us, fear not, don't let your heart be troubled. Uh, I'm in charge. I love you. I give you my peace. Um, and this, this is important for, for you to understand this, that God wants you to abide in his love and abide in his peace even when you get these, these uh, issues that come into your life that seemingly destroy your thinking, give it up to Jesus. You have to get to the point where you say, Lord, if this is your will, I accept it. Amen. I accept it, Lord. I, I ask you to give me peace and understanding of your spirit, Father. But I, but I will not question you. Uh, and I will know that you have a purpose in my life, no matter what it is that I go through, that I have a purpose. 
Uh, and so this is, this is an important lesson today to, to focus in on it. Now, this, this gift, Christ's gifts, are given out of a sincere and genuine love for us uh, at great personal cost. Let me say that again, at great personal cost. This Jesus not only had to give up being God himself and take on the role of a man, but be in a world that despised and hated him and persecuted him and ultimately put him on a cross and gave him the most horrible death ever. He had to do all of that so that he could give you this gift. He came here and gave you that gift at that great personal cost. And so we need to drill down and understand that, the cost of what Jesus did uh, in terms of understanding this, because it all comes about through salvation. You see? If you want the peace of God, you have to accept Jesus Christ. And, you know, when you go to somebody that, that may be in turmoil and you want to give them a word of encouragement, it's very hard to give them a word of encouragement if they're not a Christian. Have you found that? I found that. I, you know, I really want to say, what I usually say is I'm going to be praying for you. That's what I say to people. I'm going to pray for you. And that opens the door for somebody to say, yes, pray for me. Yes, I appreciate that. Yes, I acknowledge that. Because without that, they're not going to get peace. They're not going to get the intervention of God in their life. Uh, and, and so this comes about, this gift that God has given you, this gift of peace, comes about because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Well, how do you define this particular peace of God? It is the personal peace that Jesus had himself while he was here on the earth. I mean, that's important to understand. If you want to see what the peace of God is, look at the life of Jesus Christ while he was in this world. Even as the world devolved, even as it became crushing down upon him, even as Satan put his mark on him to destroy him, you never see Jesus come apart. But you see Jesus at peace with his mission from God, knowing that God held him in his palm of his hand and that God was directing his life. And there was a purposefulness in everything that Jesus did. And so you see it. So first, it is a peace based upon one's intimate knowledge of God who is in control of all things. Now, that's important that you understand that. You have the peace of God in your life, first of all, because you've accepted Jesus Christ, and you understand the nature of God. And the nature of God is that he holds your entire destiny in the palm of his hand. There's nothing that's going to happen to you that is not within the discretion of God. All right? So whatever it is, whatever you go through, whatever the ups and the downs are, I want to assure you right now that God is in control of your life. And what a peace that is. That if you know God is in control, that in and of itself ought to quiet you. And you say, Lord, I accept your will. I accept what you want from me. I have no idea why, why I have to go through this, but I, I presume, Lord, that you have some greater mission for me in some way. Who knows? Somebody needs to see me in this condition who will be brought to salvation. Who knows? Honestly, who knows? Second, the peace is entirely independent of circumstances. Entirely independent of circumstances, meaning what? Meaning you could be in a hospital bed, having a diagnosis that, that indicates a terminal illness, and yet the peace of God has filled that room. It's independent of the circumstances. You don't need good things to happen to you to have the peace of God. 
In fact, in the middle of bad things, in dark things, the peace of God permeates your life. Oh, what the world does not have. They have no idea that you have this. This is what allows you to live a life that lifts up Jesus Christ, knowing that you have this in your life. Circumstances raged around Jesus, and yet you never see Jesus succumb to the circumstances. He went on his way, even when they tried to kill him a number of times before they went to the cross. God occluded that, would not allow them to take his life, and that's the same with you. You have no idea how many times God has protected you. You have no idea how many times he has come in and protected you from circumstances that could have destroyed you. It's the peace of God, the promise of God, the protection of God. And so you see this. Uh, Jesus recognized that his life and his times and his destiny were totally in the hands of the creator of the universe. And so it is with you. So it is with you. Just as God the Father had, had the destiny of Jesus Christ in his hands, God the Father has your destiny in his hands. And so I want to say that to you now, that especially those of you who are going through dark times, difficult times, and we all, we all are in some way, shape, or form. No, not one of us is untouched, untouched by some unhappiness. I want to assure you that God's in control of your life. You've, you've given your life to Jesus. You've given it to him. Now submit and trust God to take care of you in his perfect way. Now, the, the peace that Jesus is promising them uh, is given despite his physical absence. Now, that's an important analogy for you because obviously Christ is, is not physically here. And so Jesus is saying, I'm leaving you, but I'm giving you my peace. It's going to be there uh, even though I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to be present with you. Uh, and here's one of the things that, that the world does not actually understand. The promise of Jesus, Jesus said things would actually be better for them, would be better for them once he left. How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, it would happen because he would then be joined with the Father. He would no longer be effectively half man and half God uh, in this position, but he would be fully God, uh, restored to his original position of glory with God the Father. Uh, and that's an important thing to say. And so this, this is important for you because you're going to hear false theology. You're going to hear false theology that uses the verse that Jesus uh, says in, in verse 28, uh, my father is greater than I, all right? Now, you've heard people use that to indicate that Jesus was not a divine being, that Jesus was a created being. False theology. As I always tell you, when you read these words, you need to understand the context under which Jesus is saying it. What Jesus is saying there contextually is this. The father enjoys a greater position right now than I have. I have given up my position. And so the Father is greater than I am because I'm here on earth and I am a human as I gave up my divine uh, prerequisites. That's what that means. Uh, it would be as if I said uh, that the president is greater than I am. Well, the president is greater than I am right now because the person has been elected to that office. But once, that, once I... I uh, assume equality with that person, or that person re, uh, leaves that office, and he and I are the same. And so Jesus was saying to them that while God the Father resides in heaven and Jesus is here, God 
is greater than Jesus. And that was an important thing. And so don't, let that, don't ever let people try to deny the, the, the divinity of Jesus Christ about that. Look at the entire context of the, of the verse. Uh, in his earthly mission to this world, Jesus gave up everything that he had about that divine presence. He gave it all up. He gave it all up to come here. And only from time to time would God give him uh, some of the issues of divinity in order to do the miracles and in order to complete his mission. But Jesus never was omniscient. He just wasn't because that was, that was reserved for divinity. And so the j- disciples should result, rejoice, actually, in the knowledge that Jesus would shortly be exalted to the right hand of God. That meant that Jesus, the man who you gave your life to, who you submitted to, would now become God himself sitting at the throne of God the Father. That's why they should exalt. That's why they should be happy that, he, that he's leaving them. You know, these are things that I frankly didn't understand as a young Christian. I never really truly understood, well, why, why should you be happy? You're going to be crucified. You're going to die. You're going to go away. You're not going to be, of course, it didn't make sense how you would be happy. But if you understand the fact that he's saying to them that I'll be, I'll be back to my former glory, I'll be there right with God the creator, God the father, then you recognize, oh, in that exalted position, our, <clears throat> our prayers will take on an even greater significance. He will remember and know us. Uh, in a personal way. Uh, and so what a beautiful, what a beautiful passage is it, this is. This verse really is a par- parallel passage to that which is recorded in Philippians chapter 2. Take a look at that. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. We can never read this enough. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. And now Paul is outlining, again, who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Verse 6, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. Who, being in very nature God, in other words, who being God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the very name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. And the people said, Amen Amen is right. Amen is right. What a What a description of what Jesus did, giving up the glory of God, God himself, to come and become human, uh, knowing full well of how how this would end. And so these verses speak speak really of of the fully divine glory that Jesus was going going to go back and assume, and what he did to give, give give up in order to come to this world. Now, the second reason why the disciples were to be at peace, even though Jesus was to be taken from them, is that the arrangement would be better for themselves. And this is hard to understand. Jesus taught them it would be better for them to have him depart and have the Holy Spirit replace him. Why? Because then the disciples would believe. That's in verse 29. Believe. Well, you come up to me and you say, well, John, come on. The disciples believed. 
No, they really didn't believe. I mean, they, they, they tried to believe, but they didn't really believe Jesus was going to be resurrected. They didn't understand that. They didn't understand all the issues. Uh, and so now Jesus is saying to them, it's better for you if I go because the counselor, the Holy Spirit will come and he will teach you all things and you then will believe because it's when you have the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit teaches you to believe. Um, at the time he spoke those words, the disciples thought they believed, but they did not understand the reason for his death. They did not. They did not understand that his death would be followed by a resurrection. Uh, and so Jesus was saying to them, no matter how tragic the events look, you need to know that it is all within the hand of God. It has been foretold from the beginning of the Bible. All of this had to take place in order for salvation to take place, in order for God to be able to forgive uh, an evil human race. And so this is important uh, and that, that you grow in your faith because as you grow in your faith, as you grow in your submission to God, as you grow in your walk, a greater amount of peace of God enters your life. That's what this is about, you see. Uh, as, as you get the maturity of a, of a growing Christian, God pours greater and greater peace in your heart. It's a fruit, and the fruit grows. It grows as we serve God and submit to God. And so I want to assure you uh, that, that the peace of God is there for you uh, and that you need it. You embrace it, and, you, and as you do this, God will give you more and pour more into your, into your life. The last two verses of this section of reading also relate to peace, for they indicate that the peace of Christ should be present in the face of Satan's activities. Now understand this. Satan had his mark on Jesus from the time Jesus came into this world. You know that he tried to destroy him in the manger. He tried to destroy him when he was a young boy. At various points, Satan clearly had his mark on Jesus. And yet, despite a lifetime of attack by Satan, not once did Satan put his mark on Jesus. Not once. Because why? Because Jesus was within the Father. He had submitted himself to God. Uh, he had a relationship with God. He prayed continually. And in that role, uh, the, the prince of this world could have no control on him. Uh, and, and even when Jesus knew that one of the 12 would, would, would uh, uh, abandon him, uh, even then, Jesus, Jesus was protected by God. Uh, and, and it did not trouble him. It did not trouble him. Can you imagine knowing that one of the 12 is actually going to betray you and is walking around as a traitor for three years? You don't see Jesus going, oh, God, how could you let this happen? How could this happen? You don't see Jesus saying it, knowing that his whole life is held in the hands of God the Father. Uh, and, and you see the peace. is so incredible to me. And so the Lord has left a great legacy of peace for us. An incredible legacy of peace. Now, how do we enter into that legacy? Well, in order to do that, we first of all have to be a follower of Christ. You can't have this peace in your life unless you're a Christian. And if you're a Christian, then God has given you that peace. It is part of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It sits there in your heart. And so what happens to us? Sometimes we're so wrapped up into this world that we don't abide in the peace of Jesus Christ. We don't go back and reflect on what he's given us. Uh, we walk away from a communion with God. We stop reading the Bible. We stop going to Bible study. Sometimes we stop going to church. We stop worshiping him. All the things that we should be doing to draw ourselves closer to him, we walk away from because we're wrapped up in this world. 
and the temptations of this world, or the darkness of this world. The only way you're going to find the darkness of this world is to be fully imbibed in the glory and peace of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other way. And we cannot be ignorant because ignorance will keep us from him. All right, you you no longer are ignorant. You understand now that God has given you this peace. It is within your heart. And so you, you need to understand it. Unbelief in Jesus Christ will destroy this peace. You need to embrace Jesus and accept him and to recognize that he's given you this peace. Uh, and, 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 and so we need to understand this. I want you to turn also, as, as we, we look at this passage, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, this is Jesus now, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. I mean, that pretty much covers it all, doesn't it? All right? I mean, Jesus in one sentence pretty much covered, covered everything that relates to how we live. Do not worry about it. Is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? This is a message that has to resonate with Christians. How many of us are consumed with worry? How many of us are consumed with worry? There's not a day that goes by that some of us are not obsessed with worrying. Oh, it's going to happen as I get older. Oh, it's going to take care of me. Oh, my money is going to run out. Oh, gosh, if this, this diagnosis gets worse, I, I, where am I going? Oh, my gosh, well, I'm, I'm heading down the tubes. Oh, my friends are dying. I have nobody left. Oh, my husband's gone. My wife is gone. I'm abandoned. I'm by myself. Oh, Lord, I can't get out of bed. I can't get out of bed. Does this sound like you? All right. I know it sounds like some Christians, all right? They are obsessed with worry. And Jesus is just telling you, I love this, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? It's like we get up and we go, all right, all right, all right. Today my job is to worry. I'm going to really focus on this. You see, I'm going to really worry today. And as I worry... I know the worrying will allow me to live a longer life. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, folks. All right? Let me tell you something. God has already predetermined how long you will live. You understand? God has predetermined it. All right? Yes, take your vitamins. Yes, exercise. Yes, do all the things that you should do to take care of yourself. But know this, God has predetermined how many years you're going to live, all right? And all the worrying in the world is not going to change it. How do I know that? Jesus tells me. You understand? Jesus tells me. And so I want to say this to you, especially into our group of people as we get older. I understand this. I'm not an idiot. I know what it's like. You don't think I go through periods of worry? Oh, believe me. I couldn't preach like this to you if I, didn't tell, if I didn't go through this myself. I know what it is to worry. But it's only when you finally get to that, that issue of submission 
turning it over to God, recognizing that he loves you and takes care of you, that the peace of God comes into your life. And you recognize, Father, I, I understand. For some reason, you want me to go through this, and I, I resign myself to this. I know that you have my life in your will. And when you do that, then the worrying goes away. Look, it'll come back, all right, because you're a human being. But understand this, God, God's peace and love is all over you. In verse 28, continuing, and why do you worry about clothes? Now, that one doesn't bother me. <laughs> It's what happens when you have nothing but black in the closet. I have, I have no problem about clothes. See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith! So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these, kings, these things will be given to you as well. Seek ye first Jesus Christ and his righteousness, and all these things things will be added to you. That's exactly what Jesus has just told you. All right? He, told, he said it again here in Matthew. Don't be obsessed about worry. Be at peace. God's got your life in his hands. I trust God. I know God loves me. Even when I know I don't understand what he's doing or putting me through or the tough, tough times I'm going through. But I trust God. That's what you have to do today. You have to leave here saying, Father, I trust you. Please, Lord, pour the peace that you've given me in my heart. Help, help it to grow so that I can recognize it even more. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Jesus was amazing, wasn't he? I mean, really. I mean, you think about the, these words. I mean, I love this. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day, every day that you live, there will become some issue in your life. But don't get obsessed. Don't get obsessed, all right? Don't worry that you're going to die or that your family is going to die. Know that God loves you and cares about you, and you've given him your life. You've given him your life. You've turned it all over to him. Uh, and, and so when you do that, you recognize this, uh, and, and so you see it. But remember this, this peace is not given to the world. It's not given to the world. It's only given to his followers. It's given to those people who've accepted Jesus Christ, who've given him their lives. Uh, and so it's, it's important to understand that. Let's look as we close to Luke chapter 12, verse 51. Jesus in verse 51. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will, there will be Five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. What is Jesus saying here? He's reiterating what I just told you. He didn't come to bring peace to the universal humanity. He did not do that. He came to bring peace into the hearts of the believers. 
And the believers are going to come up against non-believers who will hate them. You understand? Who will despise them. Who will persecute them. And that's why there will be divisions. And so even though you have the peace of Jesus Christ and God the Father in your heart, in the most violent of circumstances, understand this, the world will still persecute you. The world will still be against you. All right? Jesus is not bringing this peace to the world. It is only for us. It is only for those who have submitted to him, who love him, who worship him, who study him, who care about him, who every day ask him to come into their life. And as we do this, the payoff is so big. It's not just eternal life. So many, so many times we focus about life in heaven. It's here. God begins to bring heaven here. Can you imagine a world in which worry does not exist? That even in this painful place, full of suffering and pain and death and illness, that within the heart of the believers is a peace that abides all that suffering. Isn't that what we want? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, Father, for the peace that you've given us. Lord, this residing in our heart that no matter the turmoil that we're around, no matter the darkness that seeks to invade our world, we go back and know that you are with us and that your peace uh, persuades us and permeates every aspect of our life. Thank you, Father, for this great gift. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this world and allowing us to be saved and become part of the kingdom of God. Help us, Father, to deliver this message to a world that's lost and desperately needs us. Help us to go out this week and impact the kingdom of God for you, Father. Bless our people this week. Protect them and bring them back safely to continue this study next week. We put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. Yes, Linda?